das passiert. Okay, cool, guys. I've started recording. Uh, firstly, welcome to everyone for joining the discussion. Um, I do not like the gender imbalance today, but I see some people have pulled out um, and it's human. So I guess that's a normal part of, out. of having these discussions. Some people are having technical issues, quote unquote. So I will not hold them at ransom. Uh, but first of all, thank you all for joining the discussion. Um, as you know, we have these weekly discussions discussing different topics every week. And it's always a pleasure to have different people discussing these topics, as all of you are aware. And I've invited all of you to at least participate and share your views, your experiences, and what you believe in, and so forth. Uh, but beforehand, I think it's only right for us to do some introductions, so at least all of us are aware of who's who and where exactly we are, who, are we, who we have in this discussion panel, if you want to call it that. Uh, so I think where we can start off is just introducing each other. Uh, just state your name, uh, where you're based, and what you do, whether that's a career, studies, ETC. Um, so I think we can start with Pakiso, since we haven't heard you speak so far. Just switch on your mic, uh, give us introduction of who you are, and then we can just proceed as you go. Uh, so Pakiso, uh, switch on your mic. Away. Hi, hi everyone. My name is Pakiso Mahamoza. Um, currently at home in the Free State somewhere, the Bundus. But um, I think I live full time in Rosebank due to to work. And yeah, I love soccer. I play soccer, but I don't play uh, women. So. I'm very trustworthy, I think. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> okay, that's quite a quite a unique introduction. Uh, let's move to <laughs> Letu. Unmute. Hi guys, I am Letu. Letu Tulanfo. I am originally from KZN, but I stay in Cape Town. And yeah, I'm a consultant. I'm a retail operations consultant. Okay, let's have Bethel next. Bethel Mkwena. Hi guys, uh, Shaw Peter, thanks for inviting me once more. I'm Bethel Mkwena. Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm a social activist because uh, I'm a leader in my own right. Uh, I'm a social worker by profession. Uh, my mainstream work is social work. I'm also a law student. Thanks. Thanks, Bethel. Hey guys, I'm Taban, originally from Joburg, Tembisa, to be specific, I'm uh, currently based in Cape Town, uh, work as an analyst, and uh, also studying. And yeah, that's about it. Okay, cool. Let's go to Daniel. Hi, so it's, hi everybody. My name is Daniel Steven, originally from the Free State, Denezo. Uh, I currently work in Joburg with PLA, um, based in Joburg South, and I work as a data management developer. And as I've mentioned, guys, you'll hear some weird sounds in the background because of this little kid over here. 
Yeah, we can hear, we can hear the noise. Uh, no problem. Um, let's go to Kobile. Um, just introduce yourself, and yeah, then I think we can go to Ayanda afterwards and start. Okay, just call me Mobile or Mobile. I'm so confused right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, um, hi guys. I am Mobile, but people call me Q. I work for Food Lovers Markets in Cape Town. I'm an online community manager. I have my own YouTube page, which is called Blackcast. Um, I speak about social issues. Um, I'm very... I'm very transparent. I guess everyone will start realizing that as we start talking. And um, yeah, I'm based, I'm originally from Johannesburg in Sprague View, but I currently live in Cape Town in Brackenstyle. And yeah, thanks for inviting me. Okay, great. And then lastly, Ayanda, the one who's wearing the uh, hi. beautiful blue gown. What? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, hi guys, I'm Ayanda, originally from Jova, Captain Park, uh, currently based in uh, Durban. Um, I'm in real estate, uh, so when I see buildings, I see money, and I love money. <laughs> anyway, thanks for the invite. <laughs> Thank you so much for the invite, guys. Let's do this. Okay, cool. Uh, now, just to cover some ground rules, so at least all of us are able to understand exactly how this works. Um, since it's a discussion and there's a lot of background noise and we're going to be recording, uh, just make sure your mic is off um, unless obviously I've asked a question to you or we are allowing for interjections. Uh, so throughout the course, at least we have more fluid sound going through as we're recording. Uh, secondly, um, it's not a debate. It's not a talk show. Uh, this is a very casual discussion where we allow people to freely express themselves on the topics at hand and also freely discuss and express themselves in any way they feel comfortable, um, as long as you're not discriminating or at least insulting other people in the middle of the discussion. Um, I'm not sure how many of you are used to Zoom, but there's a reactions icon. I'm not sure if you're using a phone or a laptop, but you're able to raise your hand. There's an icon where you can raise your hand. So just use that function in the midst of whereby we're having a discussion and you want to make a comment. Um, so yeah, just use that function. And then lastly, just to explain the nature of the discussion, um, I will be asking each of you to participate in the discussion, asking you different questions and so forth. Um, as in I'm doing that, I'm not gonna be asking every person the same question as if it's a round table. It's more of like a fluid discussion as we progress to different topics and different areas within the topic. Cool. Um, so does anyone have any questions before we start? Okay, great. Um, so I think we can begin. Um, so I think all of you have the gist of what we're discussing today. Um, as you all know today, in fact, this week and this month in its entirety is Women's Month, or better yet, Women's Day is tomorrow. Uh, I was actually hoping we we're going to have more women participating, but commitments and so forth. Uh, but this discussion is not limited to one gender. It's a societal issue, societal discussion that I think all of us should have. Um, so please feel free to express yourself. Um, as openly as possible. Um, so the topic today is obviously one that relates to the aspect of Women's Day, but it's more of a societal discussion regarding gender, and I want us to be able to discuss the aspects that I've mentioned in the email. Um, so I think where we can start the discussion. 
Um, there's the discussion where we had in the previous topics regarding gender dynamics and gender stereotypes. And I think we can start the discussion in that particular aspect. Um, as all of you are aware that South Africa has a very unique history with apartheid and also the traditional aspects, the fact that we have so many different traditions and cultures and religions in the country. And that participates in the way that our society is formed and how our beliefs and views on the world are. So I think where we can start this discussion is in the aspect of how we view the issue of gender. Because um, a lot of topics that we talk about seem to be very taboo uh, in our public society. And I think it's important for us to discuss these topics. Um, as you know that typically there's the discussion about what is to be a man, what is to be a woman, and what exactly is the role of the man and the woman within our society. And a lot of us are raised in a traditional sense, in a cultural sense, in a religious sense. And I want to start the discussion by understanding how each of you, in fact, or some of you view the idea of what is to be a man or what is to be a woman. So let me start the conversation right there. Um, let me probably start with Pakiso in this particular question as we progress to the rest of the topics. So I had a question, as you know, some of you understand that I test these topics with other people before we start the discussion. So the question was, if an alien was to come onto Earth and you were the first person the alien saw, and they asked you, what does it mean to be a man? I hear this thing being mentioned. How would you describe that uh, as, as someone who's a human being? And what does that mean when someone asks you, what does it mean to be a man? Away. Man, whew. this one is a, a very tough question, but I think to be a man is to be a provider, a protector. That's how I feel about it. And I think I also have like chats with a lot of women. So we will be chatting and I'll ask the question to say, <clears throat> if you had a man that does everything for you, um, would you uh, stop working and just be a stay-at-home mom and, I don't know, like, do what our grandparents have been doing, just being um, a stay-at-home mom and raise the kids. And so I know I'm jumping into women now, but a man would be the one that goes out to, to get the food together and also protect the family, make sure the entire family is proper yeah man i think that's it i'll talk about women later i guess okay let's go to letty um maybe i can phrase the question in the aspect of a woman um so if an alien or someone who doesn't know what human beings are was to come to earth and ask you what does it mean to be a woman how would you describe that i mean we are africans we obviously have our own values and principles that we live by so if someone was to ask you, what does it mean to be a woman, particularly in reference to you, how would you describe, it, describe that? Um, I'm, I'm gonna put a lot of emphasis on, on what, it, what it means to me. Um, on, a, on a personal level in this day and age, um, being a woman means still having to assert myself in a space that hasn't um, allowed women to. 
you know, um, we, we talk about patriarchy and matriarchy and all of that, but there's still, I believe, a lot of work that needs to be done in, in balancing things out. And um, for me, being a woman still means having to just um, need to find what that means myself and how I, forgetting the gender roles and everything else out there. It's being comfortable in my own skin and doing what feels right to me and what I've been taught to be right and understand to be right. And I also, on a personal level, feel also that it, it, uh, there's still a lot of fighting, man, that women, like women still have to fight so much just for their space um, in society to prove themselves. So I think, yeah, that's, that's, for me, that's what being a woman is at this point. You, you just have to fight for your space in society and assert yourself, but still be backed up by like values and know who you are, know where you stand, um, and, and not allow any other wayward things or, or, or diversions to say, no, actually, women are supposed to be like this. You define being a woman yourself, basically. Thanks, Letu. Um, let's have two more people on the question about identity. Um, the aspect of masculinity and particularly the sense of man, when someone says what's a man or masculinity or femininity. I want to move that question to more of that aspect uh, as we progress the question. So maybe let me ask Daniel, um, as you've heard the question, um, what does it mean to be a man? But then further, what is masculinity to you? You're going deep there, Mr. Peter, man. Oh, oh, I think, okay, what, what I'd say is a man is, I think it stems from the fact that you have different genders. Okay. That's like back in the day. Now there's like uh, the LGBTQI, whatever <laughs> that's happening now. But I think uh, the, the main reason why there's like a man and a woman is because of the fact that there was both genders, like a female and a male. And uh, as a man, as Pax has explained, is a, is a provider, is a person that protects his family, is the one that goes out and ensures that his family is, is, is good. And the woman is the one that keeps the order of the house and ensures that everybody is, is healthy. Um, she's the one that ensures that you, it's like the food that you bought, there's, there's actually a meal for that food, right? And then in terms of masculinity, I think it, it just stems from, um, you can say testosterone, but I think testosterone is the one thing that actually uh, separates us from, from the woman because it's, if you go back to the sense of, let's say, sexual drive, let's, let's go there, sexual drive, uh, it's been said that testosterone is the one thing that ensures that men have a spontaneous sexual drive, whereas for women, it's a totally different story. They have a, a responsive sexual drive based on their femininity, if you may say it like that. So I think from, for, for us as, as men to say we are masculine stems from testosterone, uh, be macho, having that, that pride as a man to say, yes, I, I am a man. You need to have pride. So I think uh, masculinity goes with pride and testosterone. Okay. Um, I know Ayanda raised your hand. Let's probably have Ovila first and then we can have Ayanda speak afterwards. Um, obviously, just want to make sure we also get another lady to chip in on the discussion regarding masculinity and femininity uh, before we get to the deeper aspect of this discussion. 
so let me probably have her speak first. Um, what is your understanding of masculinity and femininity uh, in your own context? Sorry about that. Um, by the way, you can just call me Q. You don't have to call me by my full name. Um, that's actually a very tricky question. Actually, yeah, it's a very tricky question for me. I actually don't even know how to answer that. But to, to be honest, you know, just going back to maybe just slightly ignoring what you just asked me, it's just a matter of just kind of the definition of um, what is a man and what is a woman. I've been listening to everybody, and I feel like we're not really understanding what you're actually asking. So on my side, based on my side, or rather what I think what a man is, I like the fact that people are like um, a provider, protector, but also as a man, you are a person who has to lead. I feel like that's the concept that a lot of people are missing, that a man is, is, is a leader and a female is not necessarily a follower. I like the fact that Leto was like, as a woman, you, your definition as a woman, it's really up to you. But as a woman, you should be a person who's able to bring warmth within a home and who knows how to respect, show respect, knows how to, um, what's the word? You should be able to know how to, to also lead your man into becoming a better person. So I honestly feel like, yeah, I guess that's my definition of everything. I know I'm not even answering the question, um, what you just asked me, but just my definition of what is a man and what is a woman, for me, that's just how I see it. I just feel like, biblically, honestly, and as you said, from history, women are people who stay at home. Well, not now, but I mean, you stay at home, you make a, home, a house into a home, and a man provides and leads and protects. And that's what we're failing to do right now in our generation. So, yeah, just to answer it from my point of view, I know I didn't answer what you asked me, but just from what you were asking previously, that's all I want to actually say. No, that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, at least it's good to have different perspectives on the question at hand. It's a very fluid question. It's not really closed-ended. Um, I know, Ayanda, you raised your hand, so I'm assuming we can end this aspect of the question with you, then we can progress to the rest of the topics. Um, so yeah, Ayanda. Um, yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, so basically, I also wanted to add the aspect mentioned by Mobile that um, it's very important to be able to lead as a man, not only in a in the workspace, like your home, basically, because now you, I feel like it's very important for us to lead our our kids you know in, in the right direction because we all want what's best for our kids the best schools uh basically the, the best futures so it's very important that we are able to to lead them in in, in a manner that uh you know it's you know puts them in a, in a, in a, in a competitive advantage so that's very important. So that brings me to the aspect of, in terms of like protector. So it's not only physical protection, obviously, you know, gotta ensure that, you know, you know put, uh, emotional protection as well, because there's a lot of things that happen out there. So 
you know, when, when, when your kids and, and wife are at home, you gotta, you know, provide a safe space for them to communicate, you know, whatever it is that needs to be commun- communicated and definitely provider, you know, although, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really shifting from a sense, you know, from this narrative that only a man has to be a provider. Um, my personal preference, I, I do work hard, of course, but I also want my woman to work equally as hard because, you know, you, when you're looking to build an empire, you can't do it alone. It, it just doesn't make sense. So, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm more away from the traditional gender roles, although I do know what, what my role as a, as a man is at the end of the day. And then masculinity, basically, hey, man, you know, it's just, you know, the hormones, man. Um, the pride, uh, you know, the egos, although those have to, kept, to, to be kept in check all the time, you know. But yeah, that's what it is. Thank you, guys. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so I think we've covered enough about the aspects of how we define it. Obviously, we've expanded to speak more about things such as being a provider, um, also women's role in terms of it is very fluid in the sense of how exactly the perception of how we define a woman, um, which I haven't obviously got much um, questions because obviously we obviously only have two women here. Uh, but I think the question now should be shifted to when we speak about people being providers, women being submissive, um, women in the workplace, uh, career development and all that, do you fear that at some times, and maybe I can ask this question to Bethwell, that with typical traditional gender roles, there is a risk in which we hinder the way we raise men and women by limiting these gender roles to our identity as men or as women. Uh, so I'm not sure if you understand the question. So basically with traditional gender roles that we have, do you feel that there's a risk that these gender roles also create a level of pressure in expectations? So if you're a young man, the expectation is that you're supposed to be a provider. If you're a young woman, you're meant to be submissive, you're meant to be a stereotypical woman who's nurturing, you must have have children, and all those other different dynamics that come into play. Um, So do you believe that there's also a negative impact or an influence by this pressure that men and women are supposed to subscribe to me? Yeah, thanks for the question, Peter. Uh, Having listened to uh, the latter speakers, uh, I, I totally agree with them. And coming to the question that we have just asked me now, yes, there are certain elements of negativity that is caused by the societal pressure or historical or religion pressure in our lives, especially as a young people. Uh, For instance, when you look at our social economic situation in the country, there is no work and many men will complain that I cannot afford this and that. And therefore, it makes me a lesser man in a relationship or in the house. So, uh, and, and when you look, uh, when you zoom in into some of these things, they result to uh, issues of abuse, gender-based violence and so forth. And uh, men, 
become their ego becomes so bruised uh, by the fact that they are unable to provide, even though there is this uh, perception that a man is a provider. But my personal view on that, Peter, is that uh, as the latter speaker said, a man is a provider. I agree with that. Uh, a man is a protector. I agree with that. And the last one, which is very important, a man is a leader. You understand? Uh, some of these negative uh, uh, situations that are happening in our homes, in our society, it because of the the societal pressure. There's too much societal pressure. We are in competition, Peter. Uh, even if I'm a leader, I'm a protector, there are at times there are dynamics of which for now I can't afford to provide. And you as my partner, you can provide. That does not make me a lesser man. So, but there is too much competition uh, whereby men and women in many instances, I've said it before, instead of complimenting one another, in this union of love, in a relationship, you find themselves competing. And be you being a leader, uh, I will conclude by saying, you being a leader does not mean your partner is a follower or be submissive, you understand? Uh, and many of times, many ladies out there, they are against the fact that a man is a head of the family. As men, as much as there are a lot of this negativity and abuses, we must not shy away from the fact that we are leaders. As men, we must understand that we are the head of the family. But you cannot be a leader uh, without a woman. You coexist, you understand? You coexist. So sometimes when we interpret that thing as men, perhaps, as toxic masculinity, to say, I'm a man, I'm a leader, always you rap, you understand, I'm a father. We, you don't have to say it. You must show it that you are a leader, you are a father, you understand. So I, I, will, I, will, I will pause from, from, from here, Peter. But yes, there are those negativities, but it depends on the individual. How do you interpret them and how do you understand the the social context uh, yeah i will stop there peter i don't know if i've answered your question no you have, you have um in in the best way i feel you could uh but thanks for your contribution um let me also maybe add another question and as we navigate towards the issue of patriarchy and matriarchy um and so forth um there obviously has been certain statements that we see in society that are quite typical. And maybe I can start with Q on this question uh, because she's, she's the um, lady who just had internet issues, but she'll be back soon. But let me start with Q on this question. So there's a statement that I saw yesterday and the statement was, men are very simple beings. Women are complex beings. Now, I wanna see what's your take on that statement. Um, Obviously, there's an element of which it speaks to the question at hand, which I mentioned in the topics, which is gender stereotypes. What to speak about? Uh, 
So gender stereotypes are quite common within our society, and I want to see what exactly is your take on that statement as we start speaking about some of the stereotypes we see within society. Um, okay, firstly, I want to say that as I feel like as humans, we all very simple people, period. Um, we all know our roles in life. I feel like we were all raised to know our roles in life. We kind of learn these things through family, through TV. It is what it is. Um, saying that men are simple, going back to what you said, men are simple-ish. I feel like women are more simple beings than men, but men are simple. I feel like... Um, so we have a statement to actually put out. Sorry, guys, my phone is just going crazy. Um, men can... You can agree with that statement in terms of men are simple purely because men want what they want and men will go for what they want whereby with us we kind of want what we want but we also just kind of uh, think about like everything overthink things when it comes to what we want so well I guess that statement is kind of true. I don't think it's a full-on truthful statement saying that men are simple. Um, but if we're speaking just in like the roles in life, it is a simple thing for a man to just lead and provide. I feel like, again, it's something that you were taught. It's something you should have learned from your fathers. And, you know, um, so as women, I don't think we are complex or anything like that. I think, again, it's also just something that you should know in just your role in life as a woman. Um, so I guess there's a, there's a truth in the statement and there's kind of a, a glitch in that statement, to be very honest. Um, this is just my personal view about it because it is what it is, man. Like, I feel like everyone should know what they should be doing in life. We just kind of make it so complicated because of what society expects from us. And because of that, now we question our role as people, like why? So yeah, that's just my view. Okay, thanks. Q, I know Yanda, you raised your hand. I don't know if it's, you wanna extend on what she said or if you wanna differ on what she said. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, partaking in the conversation. Um, I don't think it's particularly easy to lead. We need to appreciate the fact that some people actually go, there's actually a whole degree based on leadership, you know. It's okay, it's easy to lead, but it's not easy to lead effectively, you know, because at the end of the day, when you've got a family, you... Um, Obviously, you have to, you know, find a very strong partner who's really willing to partner with you on this, you know, journey. And you, you, you have to, you know, clearly define sort of like how you would within, in a business, you know, like where's this business going? You know, but only this time it's a family. You know, you got to have a vision of, okay, uh, you know, how do I want my kids to be? You know, where do we see ourselves in the future, in the next five years, 10 years? You know, so... For me, that's effective leadership, you know, because I think it was, if it was easy to lead, you know, you know, we really wouldn't have all this, um, you know, 
you know, atrocities in society, you know, all these things, gender-based violence, you know, crime, you know, all these ill behaviors literally basically come from bad leadership in, 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 you know, in our homes. You know, because you can literally, there's a difference between a person who's been raised on ineffective leadership, you know, and the next person who, you know, basically wasn't raised at all. You understand? So it's very, very important for us as, not even as men only, just as people, to understand that leadership is very, very, uh, is a very important aspect of anyone's life. You know, because as a woman, you also, you know, if, if you get to that age where you're starting a family, you have to be in a position where you can lead as well in your own right. As, as I said from the beginning, I, I really, really don't, you know, uh, I, I really, really don't subscribe to traditional gender roles because it, 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 it puts, you know, certain, put, it may put one gender on a pedestal while, while bashing the other or vice versa, you know, which is really, uh, I'd say it's, 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 you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not fair, basically. So I, I don't know if uh, my point uh, makes sense. No, I think yeah. it, does, it does make sense. Um, as, as you can see, the topic is obviously flowing in its own manner. I know Daniel raised his hand. Um, so I'm assuming you also want to participate in the question regarding um, gender stereotypes, but also in the lens of what Ayanda just said regarding leadership. Um, what's your take, Daniel? Yeah, so so basically, like I was listening to, uh, I don't know if you guys know Joshua Maponga is like a church, is in church guys, okay? But anyway, not, not to dwell on who he is, uh, I think he said something that actually resonated with me. He said that one of the, the church leaders are actually leading from, from behind. And I think with me, that that actually, like, like it gave me a bit of a, an epiphany to say, you know, I think we as, as men need to understand that women can actually also lead from, from the back. I mean, if you, if you think about a herder, like a guy that's, that's herding cattle, he does not uh, walk in front of the cows and show the cows where to go. At the end of the day, he leads the cows where to go from the back. The cows walk in front, and then he at the back. And if you check a, a fish, our fish swims, he uses his tail to, to determine which direction it's supposed to go in. So I think we must actually, as men, understand that even though we are the head, the women must also be able to lead from, from the position that they are actually in, in, in the marriage setup. So I think we must just allow them to be able to lead in their position and not try and push them into the head position, because that's not where they're supposed to be. They're supposed to lead from the position that they're in currently, not move or change positions. That's just my point that I wanted to, to get out there. Okay. Well, maybe then I can ask this question as I get to the second issue, because I also want everyone to participate um, as we go along. Um, Tabang, obviously, you haven't spoken so far on this issue regarding the gender roles. And my question then to you is then, with the uprise in women empowerment, um, feminism, is it possible for core African values, principles, traditions, and religions to coexist with feminism and with women empowerment, considering a large part of our society, because most of us here are deemingly part of the new generation, 
but a large part of our society are still living in the rural setting, very traditional old sense. And then is it then possible for both female empowerment and African tradition in a traditional sense to coexist in your view? Ah, Peter, why so why you give me a hard question, man? Uh, I think it is in a sense that, like as you mentioned, like with our generation, uh, the new generation, we tend to be more open-minded. So with us, like I'm not worried with everyone in this group, uh, we're more open-minded when it comes to those things. The problem is the older generation, like we have people in the, okay, I don't want to generalize, but we, we tend to have people in the rules, especially the older men who are still attached to these roles. Like, if I cannot provide and my wife is bringing all the food, like, does that make it right for me to do all these GBV issues, all these nonsense? Because I think that also comes from being too attached to those uh, roles. Uh, the roles that you mentioned, like you said, that the man must lead, uh, men must protect and must provide. And the minute you lose one of those legs, the man feels like they're not men enough. So the minute you get the older generation educated on these matters and they get more open-minded, we will have hope, but I think it will be a difficult thing to do because like changing your habits is, is difficult. And if you've went all, if you, if you went through all your life with what you've believed and you get to a point where they tell you that, okay, your belief system is wrong, you need to change it. And you have this cognitive dissonance that you experience where you have contradicting ideas, your system cannot handle it. So you tend to retreat to what you already know, what is comfortable for you. So that's why, like I'm saying, with the new generation, it will be easy for us to accept it. That's why, like, I feel like we're more open to uh, these changes that are coming. We don't mind being led by women because, to be honest, they're doing a great job. And if you look at the men, it's not so good, my man. <laughs> not so good. So with our generation, I'm not so worried. But the older ones, that's where the issue is. And just to add more, like you spoke about uh, leadership. I think people tend to jump on this leadership for like a job title and leadership. It's more than that. Like it's something that you like, you should be able to inspire others to do more because they see you doing more. It's not just hey, do this, go there, do this and that. Like your actions must inspire others to dream more and be the first one to admit mistakes, even if you're not the one who's, who's responsible. And that's a hectic thing to do. No one wants to be there. So I think being a leader, it's one of the toughest jobs that you can do but people approach it for wrong reasons. Like they go to it for wrong reasons, which makes, I don't know, I feel like it takes dignity from this title of being a leader because they approach it in a way that's completely wrong. So that's uh, my two cents on that. Thanks, Tavan. Um, it's interesting that so far in the discussion, there's been a lot of mention about leadership and I'm laughing in my head because next week's discussion was centered around leadership and I think all of us are away with the issues of corruption and what's going on in Africa at large. But I think we can leave that aspect for next week. Uh, but Letu and Chi, I know you both. So I'm not sure if Letu, you want to speak on the same issue before we go to the next topic. Uh, so Letu, the floor is yours, then we can go to Q. Um, I know Pagis also raised his hand. So Letu first, um, then Q afterwards, and then, yeah. Um, I, I want to just go back to the topic that you're talking about now. Um, in terms of the possibility of feminism and tradition, 
um, living in the same house, basically. I think it's very much possible. Um, and as Tabang said, it takes our gener it's going to take our generation to, to uh, facilitate that change that we want to see in the society. I think an issue we, we might face is that however old you are, let's say you're 21, 21 years of your life, you've been raised by a traditional patriarchal man at home. And you know, Wutsi, you must make a change some way. You, don't, you know you want to raise your children in a different um, setting, but it, a challenge might come where, for instance, you don't want to restrict your children, if you're planning on having any, to any gender roles. And, but you get issues where it's so easy to fall back to that mentality. I mean, you can't really erase 21 years of your life and how you're brought up overnight. And um, I, I think it takes such dialogues, um, engaging with people of different thoughts to, to come up with solutions and then just doing things better. Um, yeah. And what, what, what the, oh, the other thing you spoke about was, was, was gender roles and um, I just wanted to share a story of, of an experience I had in varsity where I was, I was quite exposed to the LGBTQ community and I had friends that um, were dating each other. Right? And, you know, they tell me some of their problems about how irritated they'd get when someone would ask, so who's the girl in the relationship? So who's the guy, you know? And it's something not a lot of people um, understand, which is that that community decides to not live according to gender stereotypes. And for me, it's, it's inspirational for them to say, you know what, no one is a girl in a relationship, no one is a boy, we both do, we both just love each other just as human beings, you know. I think for me that's like um, one of the biggest things we can learn from that community to, to try um, not be restricted by the current gender roles that we have in our society um, and just, we all human beings. We all have, we all are feminists at some point. We all cry. <laughs> we all have emotions, and we all want to lead and be providers at some point. You know, so um, yeah, that's 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 just my two cents. Okay, thanks, Letu. Um, Q, I know you raised your hand a bit earlier. I don't know if you want to discuss or extend uh, on the topic at hand, or if you want to raise a different point. Okay, I was actually just about to swap to my laptop. But anyway, I just wanted to go back to this whole leadership thing. Um, um, so I, I have a question for, sorry, I just have a question for the guys. Okay. Like just every, all the guys that are on the chat. Um, I, I think it was Ayanda who mentioned the fact that like leadership is uh, not an easy um, thing to do, which I agree with. Uh, my question is now, do you guys feel that leadership is hard because of either social pressure or um, maybe seeing someone in your family, it being your dad, who did such a great job and it maybe feel pressurized or feel like you might fail? Is it, is it hard because of what, what makes it hard? Like that's my, my, my question is. Like, what, why do you say it's, it's hard? Like, what makes it hard? What, what are the actual elements that influences um, 
you know, making leadership and, and just being a man hard. So that's my question just to all the guys. Um, I don't know who wants to start. Um, Bagiso, I know you raised your hand earlier, but I see Tawang also wants to. So yeah, Tawang, go ahead. Uh, thanks, Q. That's, a, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think um, what makes it hard is people like tend to identify themselves with that thing. Like they don't want to get to a point where as a leader, you are seen from a vulnerable point of view. Like, you know, like you, maybe it comes down to this thing of masculinity where you need to be like always having to show that you are a man. You don't want to ever let them know that, hey, yesterday was hard. I felt somehow I had broken down and stuff. So I think that's one of the things that makes it hard. But essentially, from my personal view, I think if you are comfortable with those things, it should come easily because you should understand what it is. Like you should know what the, I don't know, like the proper definition of being a leader, what it is that you want to accomplish and also being open to learning from other people because as a leader, say for like for a business, for example, you always want to be at the forefront of the new developments and all the changes and stuff, but you must also be aware that you cannot know everything. So you must be comfortable getting to a point where you are led by people who actually know what the stuff that you want to implement in the business. So once you are comfortable with those situations, I think that's one of the uh, marks that makes you a leader. And instead of just, I'm a leader because I'm a leader. Ninja again, I must always show people that I, I'm always strong. No, like you should approach it in a healthy, matured way, basically. Okay, Ayanda, I mean, the question was raised from what you had said earlier, so. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, um... I think, you know, the, the most important uh, thing I'll take from what Tabang said was based on vulnerability, you know. Yes, shy guys, Lando guys. The ego is just getting in the way. Like, you know, if someone questions you, you're like, Kaibo, you know, you're going to question me? <laughs> you know, so it, it's a problem, you know. Like, we, we need to be, you know, vulnerable to... We need to learn to apologize. We, we need to... You, you, you know, it, it takes, you know, a very uh, emotionally smart person to be a good leader. Because there's so many emotions that you are handling. Um, you know, you, 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 one, you, you're being vulnerable. Two, you're being open-minded. Three, you need to have a vision. Like, there's so many things that come into play to produce a good leader. It's not just about die, imin and petela. I understand. So, you, you, you know, and it's not easy to get to that point of being emotionally smart because you need to constantly work on yourself, you know. Um, and as I said earlier, there's actual whole, whole, you know, degrees on these things. You know, well, maybe it was easier in the past, you know, because uh, it was just learned from a father would teach, a father and the uncles of the family would teach their sons. But now, you know, there's so, you know, it's, it's just gotten, I just feel like it's just gotten weaker and weaker that now us kids are having to, you know, read books about leadership because some of, some of us, you know, you know we, we didn't get that, you know, um, teaching from home, like effective leadership from home. But at the same time, lucky enough to understand how important it is to, to be a good leader. Understand. So I'm I'm saying 
it's not easy because of all those things. You know, you can't just say, I, you know, you learned, you probably learned from your dad. You know, there's so many absent fathers, you know, you know, in the world, basically, not, not in SA. You know, if that person didn't have a father, where do you think they got their leadership from? It's non-existent, possibly. The mom? You know, so there's a, yeah. What's up? Oh, oh yeah, I'm my bad. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. But now nah, I, I don't know if you you guys get my point. But yeah, the, the mom part's obviously very important. Um, yeah. So what I meant is it's not easy because of you know all those things I, I mentioned. Thank you. Thank you, Um I know you raised your hand earlier. I don't know if you wanna speak to Q's question or so I guess I'll start with that one I'll start with the one about leadership so in the company that I'm working for currently there's this guy who was like a proper friend of mine you know we we did all these stupid things together we were just those guys who were like clowns you know just having a great time all the time and then so we we started together but the person was in a different department. But as soon as they got into leadership, they started acting differently. They started like, um, like they got new friends. So I don't know if maybe this is something that this person was advised to do, to say, bro, you gotta let go of some of the old habits, bro. They're not reflecting good on, on, on leadership or whatever. But the reason I'm bringing this one up is to just say people um, are not genuine, man. And I think that's why we're not getting it right in South Africa uh, in leadership. If you are genuine, you got it. So if the situation is killing you, break down and just break down, man. Deal with it. Break down if you have to, but deal with it. Uh, And not act fine, act cool. That's why you end up finding... Uh, people just take their lives because they've been acting up. But if you're genuine, you just break up, like break down, man. Break down, cry, so that you can get help. Um, and then I just wanted to go on the the one about gender roles and stuff. So I think this is like feminism in, in, in itself, uh, in terms of South Africa and a lot of African uh, societies, is very difficult. I think for us, feminism is very foreign uh, for a lot of us because we are brought up different. Uh, I mean, I'm from uh, a community that believes that men have certain roles, women have certain roles. So when I have, so obviously uh, I've learned over time, but I think people who grew up like me and who didn't take the time to learn about things like feminism and just being an equal with your woman, uh, having a woman who stands up to them might be a problem and it might actually be one of the the causes for a lot of gender-based um, violence because, I mean, you grew up in a community that tells you you are a man. Don't let your woman talk to you like that. But the woman is just raising a point. So you raise your hand and not a point. You raise your hand on her. So, yeah, that's it for me. Okay. First of all, I know you raised your hand and you've heard the discussion so far regarding leadership, um, gender roles, feminism, 
And I think maybe I can end this part of the discussion with you before we go to the other aspects of the discussion. Um, what's your take so far? Peter, I don't believe that leadership is hard unless I don't understand from the context of using a heart to say leadership is hard. Leadership must be understood or be regarded as a position of responsibility. It's a position of responsibility. And it's going to be hard if you are a dictator, things must be done on your way. You understand? Hence I said we coexist. If you are a leader, you know that there is a partner. You, have, you do have a partner. As a leader, if you have a vision, you sit down and have a vision. If you have conflicting visions, then it's going to be a problem. You understand? And you must understand that as a leader, that not all the time all the things will go according to a uh, uh, your schedule or the way you want, you understand? There is a time whereby you have to redefine certain things and you don't do on your own. Because if we talk about leadership, whether in the context of relationship, you are not on your own. You can't uh, want things to be done your way all the time. You are not on your own. You need to go in your bedroom with your wife or your partner and redefine certain things. We understand things didn't go well and so forth and so forth. So there's nothing hard about leadership. Leadership is a position of responsibility. Yes, there are turbulences, there are storms that you face. We need to go back and redefine certain things. You understand? But it's definitely, you are going to fail. It's going to be hard if always everything is on your way. That is my position about leadership. Whether in the workplace, whether in the relationship, you are on your own. You are not on your own. Uh, and you know, when it comes to the workplace, many leaders, they fail because they want to lead people. You want, you are always after me, virtual, virtual. You don't lead the work that I do. You forget about the work, the quality of work that I produce then it becomes a problem. Even in the relationship, you want to supervise, you want to coordinate this person and this lady, who's your wife. She's a woman being and a leader on her own right. You understand? And last point in leadership. If you can't lead yourself, you can't expect to lead other people. You can't lead your, your family if you can't lead yourself. So many people jump in positions of leadership, whereas they are failing to lead themselves. They want to discipline the children, they want to discipline their wives, but they can't discipline themselves. Uh, the last point of feminism, you know, we must understand the history of feminism. How does this concept or this methodology comes from? Uh, Feminism, it came because of the history uh, of undermining and treating women as subwomen. That's how it came about, feminism. Women who came together to fight for their rights in the workplace, 
in families whereby they were treated as subwomen. Therefore, I can, you cannot come to, to, to the relationship with me, whereas I'm open-minded. I believe or I subscribe myself to the notion that we coexist. We have to sit down and, and construct the vision of our relationship, then you bring feminism. It's going to be a conflict. Because feminism is fighting for the rights of women. That's how it is. You understand? So we have to check carefully sometimes when we take all these things because they are in the public domain and bring them in your relationship. Because relationships are dynamic, they are complex, and if your relationship failed because of one, two, three, does not mean my relationship is failing because of the same reasons that yours is failing. So we must track careful when we say we, uh, we include feminism and uh, uh, in a relationship and whatsoever. It depends on your partner and the history and how he views the relationships. Uh, thanks, Peter. Thanks, Petro. Um, you said enough, um, and I really appreciate at least you're the last person to cover the part of leadership. Um, is everyone able, able to hear everyone else? Or, okay. I think Q, you're probably struggling with audio. Uh, but I think we've covered a lot about leadership and also spoken a lot about gender roles. But let me add the second part of this discussion. And this maybe leads from the aspect of gender roles, and that's sexuality. A very taboo discussion that is not spoken about within African households. Amongst young people, it tends to be, but still not frequently discussed as per normal. Um, a lot of us understand the discussion whereby there's this the term sexual liberation, and then there's the term sexual irresponsibility. And maybe some of you can digest that statement. Sexual liberation versus sexual irresponsibility. Now, as society, some people think this is because of westernization, that a lot of our generation are becoming very sexually expressive, um, whether it's men who are becoming more the term metrosexual, or whether it's women who are very flamboyant in how they dress or express their sexuality. And that's something that's quite new to us as Africans. And some people think it's because of colonization. Some people think it's just the way things are. People are becoming more comfortable in their skin. And then the question now arises. Uh, let me just add Q again. Just give me a second. Okay, she's back on. Okay, cool. So the question then arises, um, in terms of sexuality and us as Africans, what is our understanding of sexual liberation? And should there be a distinction between sexual liberation and sexual irresponsibility? So in other words, we are crossing the line now, or this is where we stop, or should that not be the case? Uh, free for all, you know, we are, should be comfortable, someone should be free to express their sexuality or sense of being in any way that they want. And maybe let me start with Daniel on this question. What is your take on the term of sexual liberation versus sexual irresponsibility? Is there such a thing? Are they the same thing or are they different? Hey, going deep, Mr. Peter, man. Yeah. Okay, sexual liberation. Oh, that's, that one is a bit of a, 
of a confusing one. Uh, how do you liberate people sexually? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so I think in that regard, we, we're seeing now, especially on TV, where there's this notion that's going on where sex sells. I mean, you see a lot of naked women on, on music videos. I mean, that's how people get to attract people to actually watch their music videos because they have naked girls. Even ladies watch those music videos to look at the nice bodies that other women actually have in their bikinis and stuff. It's not just for, for us guys to actually look at the videos. It's actually for everybody else. So I think in a sense of liberation, I'd say it's, it's a sense of giving, especially women, the ability to be able to dress however they want to dress and wherever they want to dress like that. I mean, at the end of the day, you remember at, at our campus, you'd find a lot of girls coming to class with like bum shorts or uh, these bra tops or crop tops to class. I mean, that's because of the fact that they feel like, okay, looking like that. That's the image that they're trying to portray to people and be like, this is who I am and this is what I want people to perceive me as. And I think that's where sexual liberation actually comes in where people are able to, to be comfortable in their own skin. And yeah, I, I think that's just basically it. And, and the irresponsibility of that comes in with regards to, uh, I think, us as men. I think the, the irresponsibility is actually lying with us as men. Because, because of the fact that I've mentioned before where testosterone is actually the one that's giving us uh, spontaneous sexual drive. Uh, when you look at a woman and automatically you get aroused, you, you like the figure, you like everything, you, you get the idea that because this woman is already flashing so much skin, I, 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 can, I can now go to her and approach her in a sense of engaging in sexual activities with her, which then is not actually like that. I think we as men need to be able to understand that women have, have now been given the opportunity to dress however they want to dress. Because back in the day, if you check all the underwear on a rock, I think that's what they call them. That's what they used to wear back in the day, the, the women. They were supposed to fully like, dress. I mean, if you go into the, the, the Muslim culture, I mean, they even just show just their eyes. You get what I'm saying? That's, that's how they, they are not sexually liberated, if, if, if I may say it like that, because they are not given the opportunity to dress however they want to dress. They're still oppressed by the fact that men are, they feel like, you know what, when I look at a woman, I, I'm sexually aroused. So I think that's where the irresponsibility comes in. I think the responsibility is actually on the men's side and not actually on the women's side. And I think me and Sonova were actually having a bit of a debate with regards to the divorce rate that's happening with, uh, within the black community. I mean, um, I, I was arguing my point saying that it's because women are being empowered, women are, giving, are getting a voice, and women are being a bit like, well, feminism is actually giving women a platform to say, you guys are not in the wrong for wanting to do one, two, three, four, five, six. And now they're able to do that. Now the problem is we as men are not taught to go and accept women changing and becoming more confident. And I think that's one of the reasons why we had that debate. And I think for me, the irresponsibilities, the irresponsibleness comes from the men's side and the, the liberation is actually on to the women's side. But in terms of being like the metrosexuals, I think 
we as men, I think the metrosexuality comes, comes in from the woman's touch. I think uh, from, from my end, I don't really care how I look, but my woman will tell me, no, you don't, you don't look good. You got to dress this way. You got to dress this way. You got to look presentable. I, so I think that is, is handled by, by my wife in the sense of how I look, because I, I really don't give a damn on how I look, as long as I'm able to be to be accepted. <laughs> so, so that's just me in terms of liberation and irresponsibleness. Okay, uh, I think you've you've answered uh, quite neutrally and openly. Um, let me move to another guy before I get the ladies to also chip in on this question. Now, obviously, we're speaking about sexual liberation, and obviously, if there even is a thing such as sexual irresponsibility. Now, there's a discussion where, for example, people talk about body count, or people talk about, you know, if you were to date someone and you found a woman telling you that I'm very sexually active. Um, and obviously, there's a stereotype, which speaks to our first discussion about gender stereotypes, where if you found a woman expressing that she's very sexually active versus a man who's very sexually active, it tends to be deemed where there's a difference in how those both people are perceived, um, whether it's the term uh, sphere or whatever term you want to phrase it as. So maybe let me ask Ayanda in this question. Um, what, what, what is your understanding of this issue regarding sexual liberation? Um, obviously, we are in a new generation where it becomes very difficult to complicate. <laughs> oh, God. Why are you putting me in the spotlight? <laughs> Why me, bruh? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you exposing me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, um, so what exactly am I supposed to answer to? Because you spoke about body count, then you automatically say, let's ask Ayanda. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> I'm assuming. Okay. Um, yeah. 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 yeah Shall I repeat? Okay. Yeah, please, please do. Yeah. So, so I can get more clarity. So basically, you've heard Daniel explain um, the issue regarding sexuality. Women are more free to dress how they want. There's also the element where he spoke about sexual irresponsibility in a way that our testosterone dictates. In a, in a negative sense of how we perceive women now we think that maybe they're sexually also want to engage with us sexually but then there's also the element oh, yeah, yeah. Of perception in sense of where women are becoming more sexually active or liberated in the sense of a better word where women are more comfortable to show their body to have sex without the judgment of society what is your take on that in sense of where for example body count where if a woman told you i a hundred men yeah, so it's actually a very interesting. Yeah, if I told you I've slept with a hundred women, is that is that the yeah. difference issue, or is that just part of society? It's actually a very interesting um, topic because I was watching. I think I was watching a, a show on Netflix. Um, what's? Is anybody okay? If anybody's watched, uh, she's gotta have it by Spike Lee, uh, uh, yeah, you know, so the, the woman, the, 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 the starring role is female, and you know, she's this creative, you know, female who sleeps with like three different guys at the same time, you know? And the, what Spike Lee was trying to do really there was to say, hey man, women are free to, you know, sleep with whoever they, wanna, they, they want to 
okay, if they're not in a relationship, obviously, you know, because that, that would be infidelity if they are in a relationship. But like, you know, if you're going to judge uh, men uh, or rather praise them based on how many women they sleep with, you know, why is there a double standard when women do the same thing? So, you know, you know, I've I've learned a lot. I've grown a lot. You know, uh, since I watched that um, that that docu, it's like a docu series on on Netflix. You know, like it really changed my my perspective a bit to say, "Hey, man, people must do what they want to do." <laughs> you know, uh, you know. But obviously, when it comes now to um, responsibility, I think you mentioned sexual. Did you say responsibility? Irresponsibility. Irresponsibility. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, you know, if you're not in a relationship, just make sure that what you, whatever you're doing is safe, you know, uh, protect yourself. And, and then if you're going to hop on, you know, hop from one item to another, you know, protection is very uh, crucial because now you, you're exposing, you know, whoever your partner is to, to, to different diseases. Um, you, you, you know what I mean? But yeah, man, like I also come a long way, bro. Like, you know, my, you know, uh, perception on, on, on women in general has changed a lot because, uh, you know, back in varsity, hey, man, things were crazy, you know. Um, you know, but, you know, I've grown a lot from that, you know, uh, more towards, you know, um, you know, just respecting uh, women in terms of, hey, you're free to wear whatever you want. And, 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 and more towards disciplining myself as well to say, yeah, she's wearing a crop top. It doesn't mean she particularly wants to smash right now. <laughs> you know, you know, so, so, <laughs> you know, it, it's just taking a lot of growth as well, personally, <laughs> to say, you know, but obviously back in varsity, you know, like I, I was wild, man, but hey, man, it's got just hard you know, people have to grow up, if you know what I mean. I don't know if 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 what what I said makes sense. Um, yeah, it does make sense. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's very interesting that you know I, I'm not trying to put anyone on the hot spot in this terms of this question. It's obviously to understand exactly how everyone perceives. As I said, the question is a very taboo question for most of us uh, because sexuality is something that's usually left in the bedroom where people talk about such stuff. Uh, but I know Q, you raised your hand, so I'm not sure if you wanna speak on what Ayanda said or to the initial question? Um, the initial question, just, and what Ayanda said. Um, to be very honest, okay, I'm going to be very blunt. Like, I am, I am very proud of my sexual liberation. Like, I will, I do who I want to do. I'm single, I'm okay. But also, before I get into anything, I understand that, um, you know, you can't be sexually liberated, liberated because unless you're, if you're in a relationship, you can't be in that situation. But then you find um, people who are in open relationships, and that's the thing now, where we can do who we want to do in an open relationship because it's a conversation that me and my partner have had. So I don't think that's something we can say, okay, well, because you're single, you're allowed to do this. But I mean, you could literally want to date someone who enjoys having an open relationship because it's a thing. 
again, I also find this thing of of asking people, and I find this it is so weird. Like guys find it so okay to ask women, "What's your body count?" Like, what the fuck does it have to do with you? Like, it's got nothing to do. We are here together right now. And I honestly don't believe that um, sex should be something, a conversation we should leave in the bedroom or in a private home. Black people are failing to have that conversation just within each other. Like, we just, we are so scared to talk about little things like sex toys and, and, telling your partner what they're doing wrong in the bedroom. I just feel like as black people, honestly, like white people have this conversation, the birds and the bees, why can't we have that conversation in the black community? Um, being a female, and I've been single for four years, and trust me when I say like when people ask, or, or like if I meet a guy or I'm interested and it, it, it's so offensive for someone to ask you, how many niggas have you slept with? I'm here with you now. Like, why is this, how is this going to change? You know, like, I feel, I feel like this is a thing that we need to ask ourselves. Like when you ask this question, and I feel like a lot of men ask women this question a lot. And then you get the labels when you do find out the answer then she's a hoe, then she's a this, and then she's a that. But when the guy does it, then he's like, yo, you know, you get your pops and stuff. And yes, it's, it's, it's like, dude, like, what are we doing? It's, it's a new age, it's a new era. Like, let us do what we want to do when we want to do it. And I feel like guys need to stop with the like asking this question and also feel like it also comes from like a insecurity place i feel like it's such a insecure question to ask like why are you asking someone about the sexual part it's got nothing to do with what's happening between the both of you and i mean personally i'm not even i'm not ashamed about the fact that i enjoy sex it is what it is i'm single like where the hell am i supposed to you know find my happiness like let's be honest like i'm not going to be out here investing in many and plenty vibrators and things like and then you're going to judge me and then now you've been called a freak or this girl is this 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 or you're not getting some this is why you have attitude like there's always something that leads to something which is unnecessary so i just feel like we just need to embrace the fact that it is the new era Women are gonna do what the fuck they wanna do. It is what it is. And again, like we are grown ups. Like, you know, sex is sex. We know how to be safe. And honestly, sex is just an irresponsible thing on its own, period. Like condoms birth, you are on the birth control, it might not even work for you. Sex is just irresponsible, period. But do we stop doing it? Nah, it is what it is. I just really wanted to just say that because I feel like a lot of people, like even in, in games, like drinking games, people be like, your truth is okay, your body counts. Like, why is that a thing? Like, why, why are you so interested in the specter? Like, what is it going to change? Does it make me less of a woman? Does it make me, um, does it change how my, sorry to be explicit, but does it change how you're going to feel later on? Does it change how, you know, like 
my vagina. Like it doesn't change anything. You're still going to get the same pleasure, same outcome. You're done. Now you add it onto the body count. Like, is that a check? Are you happy? It is what it is. So like, I feel like it's something that guys need to stop asking. It's, it's a very uncomfortable thing. Like I have never met a woman who goes to a man and says, so babe, how many girls have you slept with? I have personally, myself, I've never ever heard someone, none of my girls ask like the guys they're dating or whatever. Nor will I ever ask that question because it's got nothing to do with me. Like everyone has a past. Everyone has been a hoe in varsity. Some people maybe earlier, no judgment. So honestly, like, I feel like this, this whole topic in terms of like women enjoying sex, we just need to embrace it. I mean, if I'm a freak, where the hell do you think I learned that from? I, you're not teaching me. I'm just about to try you out today. Like, how do you think I know all the things I know? So yeah, that's basically what I wanted to say. I just feel like it's something that guys need to stop asking, period. Thanks, Q. Um, I see. I see. I see. Now you understand why I'm asking the question. Uh, it's a very taboo question, and a lot of people don't want to talk about it. Um, let you, I know you raised your hand, so I don't know if you want to extend on what Q just said, or if you want to speak on the issue. I also know Bagisu wants to speak on it as well. So let you. The floor is yours. Um, I mine is just also maybe to reiterate what Mobile just said, but. Oh, so firstly, to say, you know what, women are also sexual beings as well. It's not just men. And women want to explore. Women have the same sexual desires as men, you know? Secondly, is to ask, Vele, what, 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 what does it do to you when you find out which the person you're with has a higher body count than yours? Why, like, do you lose respect for them? Why are you asking? Does it decrease their value this is a question to all the males now and in this discussion like whoa what what does it do to you knowing a woman's body count does it affect how you're going to treat her are you now just going to hit and run like what's happening like what where where is it where where does the question come from i'm, I'm trying to understand the root if it's something to do with you mostly as noble said if it's an insecurity thing or if i don't know of values thing, like if maybe someone can just answer me and, and give me mm-hmm. an idea of why, why that question <laughs> you guys still count? Uh, guys, just ask, do you guys still count? Like what's, <laughs> I'm trying to understand, yeah, like do you keep it early? Like, okay, this weekend, three, done. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone want to, no, man, come on, guys. <laughs> I know Pagisa, you raised your hand in Bethel, so Pagisa, maybe you can also answer this question. Yo, let me go. So, I'm going to take a very unpopular view here. I think men have, since, uh, like, they've gotten to a point where they know a lot of men, that they're hoes. So, for a woman to be playing on that field as them, that's why they want to know the body count. So I think men have made peace with the fact that, okay, cool, I'm always smashing. I'm always doing this. Oh, bro, they, like, I mean, I'm like, they, we discuss, uh, we will discuss you, like, literally, as soon as you walk out and I come back, um, 
the boys are gonna ask, yeah, so how was it? Yeah, yeah, it's like my, yeah, this week, bro, like, I don't know, man, maybe it's that masculinity thing, bro. You, you feel like you're a man, but for a woman or the lady that you want to be with to have a higher body count than you, yo. I don't know, maybe it's because you think she might have more experience than you, but I think right at the bottom of it all, it's just that she is a hoe and no one wants their woman to be a hoe. But I think as men, we have made peace with the fact that we are hoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bethel, uh, I don't know if you want to sub- support the argument that men are hoes, but um, what is it? <laughs> no, Pakiso uh, was uh, was not advocating for us. He was talking about him. <laughs> I totally disagree on that. Uh, you you see the issue of I I, I agree with my sisters. Uh, they spoke so so well about this topic and. Uh, when we talk about the sexuality as as a topic on its own, it exposes uh, the issue of patriarchy. It exposes, you understand, like what my sister has said, we ask questions, uh, how many people have you had sex with? We understand. It shows also the insecurity that we have as, 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 as gens. Uh, and yes, the issue of sex, it remains a, 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 a taboo subject uh, in our uh, black communities, of which it is wrong. We have to acknowledge also that our society on its own is violent, Peter. They, it's violent on its own and it leads to sexual violence, whereby there's harassment, there's rape, and so forth. So at an early age, it's very important that we, we normalize talking about these things, okay? And sometimes the emphasis must not be only, like as I said before, on the girl, child, or woman, about their bodies and everything. Even boys at an early age, even us men, we must understand sexuality is not about sexual intercourse. We understand having sex, makota. It's not all about that. It's all about understanding the, your body, the development. At an early age, you have to understand that. I made a, an example last time to say, uh, if a girl starts to go to her periods, uh, uh, it is comfortable and she finds an open and free space to, to talk to uh, her mother. We understand, and her mother will explain, no, this is a, a natural uh, sexual development, your body is developing, but not about boys. Like us, gents, uh, our experiences, the first time experience when we started to, to, to spam. Your dad spoke to you about that? You understand? No. Why is that? The emphasis is always on the girl. The first time you started to spam to see that there is something white coming out of your penis. Did someone spoke about you about that? And it's important. Some of us, we experience it for the first time. Bah! There is a child. 
Some of us, we experience this for the first time, but there's HIV. You understand? So this is a very important subject that we need to normalize. And it's not all about having sex. It's not all about having sex. Understand our body uh, development. There is something that you have asked, Peter, about uh, sexual irresponsibility. Uh, and it, it thought provoking. Uh, those who have studied psychology, there is a theory I, I forgot about it, but I will make a research about triangle. You see, uh, you can see all of you here. This triangle. Then here is letter P, which is a person. Then there is B, behavior. Then there is E, environment. You understand? As much as ladies or us gents, we can be sexually liberated and free with our own skin. We have to understand this theory that as a person, you are, your behavior B is influenced by the environment that you found yourself in. As much as, yes, you want to wear bum shorts and everything, but you have to understand that the environment that you are in must influence your behavior as a person. What I'm trying to say is that, for instance, we, it's true, we, we are living in a very sexual, violent society. You go to, where is this MTN taxi rank in Jobek with miniskirt. You remember those incidences of taxi drivers harassing our sisters and everything. You can't risk as a sister. Yes, we understand you are sexually liberated, but you have to be mindful that of your environment that you find yourself in, Peter. You understand? Uh, I think we need to normalize this thing of ego. I want to conclude on this thing of men, of us men. I don't know whether God uh, 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 punished us. You know, there is a, a gene that we, we don't have. And it's unfair for women. You can go around and have sex yourself as a man. Go around, have sex. But if a woman cheat on you with just one guy, you can even kill yourself. Your world will be shattered. Only one. Whereas you had sex, you cheated with multiple people. You understand? Why can't you accept? Why is it uh, uh, difficult for us to accept? You understand? Whereas a woman can forgive you many times. You understand? And also when it comes to sex, to boost our ego also as men, to say, hey, yeah? like as I said previously, yeah? to boost that you are a man. You understand? Whereas our other next, yeah, 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 Ah, Bethel. <laughs> ah, thank you, Bethel. <laughs> Bethel for president. <laughs> <laughs>
Now let's go to Q. <laughs> this conversation has really formed its own sense. Um, obviously, we're speaking about sexuality. I know you raised your hand. I don't know if you want to yes. extend further on what was previously said, or if you want to raise a new point as well. Because obviously, I want to go to also to the. Okay. Um, I think this um, what I'm about to say might actually lead to the next topic, um, which is TBP. Um, Firstly, I want to address Patiso. Let's stop. Honestly, ho, a men are hoes is our thing. Le- leave that to the women. Let us say that. Like, it's okay for us to say it because we're just mad at you guys. We're just always mad at men. Like, it is what it is. Also, the fact that he said no man wants his woman to be a hoe. Honey, when you met me, you didn't know who I slept with before. So, if I have a body count of a hundred guys and you don't, I'm already a hoe behind closed doors. Why then do you feel it's okay to say no man wants to marry a hoe? Peggy, so the truth is the niggas I have slept with and when they see me with you and if it happens, they all know each other. Jokes on you. Like you don't know. I was a hoe before. It is what it is. Um, going to Bethel, what he was talking about. Um, I told you, sorry guys, I had to write down everything because y'all talk too much. <laughs> um, he's right. In black communities, we do not talk about anything. From he's he's correct. No mother tells you about your period. No one. No mother sits you down and says. Listen, at a certain age or a certain time, you're going to get your period. It just kind of happens, and then they want to have the conversation. No father sits down, they sign and says, you know, at some point in your life, you're going to get a wet dream. And this is how it, it, it feels like. This is how, don't panic, you know. No, no, I, I feel like even in white communities, I don't think a lot of families sit down and have that conversation. We only learn these things because of our girls or our boys and in our social spaces, which is actually very crap because we are learning the wrong thing. Well, sometimes it's the right thing because, you know, it is what it is. Um, Also, he said, um, Bethel was talking about um, women and, and how we dress. I don't think how we dress has got anything to be uh, anything to do with being sexually liberated. Honestly, if I feel like wearing crop top, a crop top and biker shorts, it's hot outside. I just want to wear a crop top because it's hot outside. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I'm sexually liberated. I'm not trying to find anything in the street. I'm dressed like that because the weather allows me to wear bum shorts. Like we need to stop this whole idea or making us as women feel like we need to explain ourselves when it comes to what we wear. Um, and I will discuss this more when we get to the, the GBV. I feel like Peter probably has watched one of my YouTube videos where I speak about um, what happened to me last year, which I'll get to later. But I honestly feel like men should stop saying you know, or, or, or just addressing this matter of how we dress. How we dress is how we feel. It's, it's hot. No one questions you when you're walking around topless at gym, outside, at the, like, 
you guys do it. We don't be out there like, yeah, he's out there because he's sexually liberated. No, he's just feeling hot. He's sweating. It is what it is. We dress because of the weather or how we feel. That's it. It's got nothing to do with sexual liberation. It's got nothing to do with it. It's just the fact that I woke up today. It's a good day outside. I feel like today is a good day to wear a short dress, a summer dress. Unfortunately, summer dresses were made to look sexy on our bodies. Talk to the freaking retailers about that. Don't come at us and be like, that, but you shouldn't wear that. And I feel like that's just an excuse. I feel like we're just trying to find excuses for a lot of things. I think just like literally in just men, you guys try to find a lot of excuses for a lot of shit that you guys shouldn't be doing, period. Um, and then, Sabang, you're right. Just to Sabang, why are we even counting? What are you doing that for? Why are you counting the people that you're sleeping with? Stop. You're, that's so childish. Like, if you want to tap, if you have a dick appointment, like, do it. Don't be like, oh, this is like the 15th dick appointment I've had. This, Like, do you realize that there's a mental, like, it literally fucks you up as a person when you're by yourself in your home mentally, when you start realizing how many people you've slept with. If you start just doing things because you want to do them, because you want to feel a certain type of way, I think our mindset will just change. If we stop judging people and stop asking this body count question or why she's wearing this, honestly, like, mind your own damn business. Like, be in your little, you know, circle. Um, and Ayanda spoke about the series um, and I it also changed my life like um, so her character is Nola Darling and she is she basically has this thing that she doesn't want to be in a relationship she just wants to live her life and and do what she wants to do and you find that in a lot of, like right now in our era where women who are career driven um and I find myself being one of those women that it, we, you believe in love and relationships and then it gets to the point where it's just like, I just want to get my money. I want to get my bag. But also I need the comfort. I, need, I would like to wake up next to somebody. And that's not something we should be ashamed of. Or I mean, guys do it. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this um, away from wanting to just you know get laid um it's literally it's a mental thing sleeping alone is not a nice thing like i don't think anyone likes waking up alone no one was meant to be alone hence most career-driven women would like to have as nola darling who had three guys because for her it was Maybe she wants some young dick today. Tomorrow she wants an older dick. Maybe she wants some crazy dick. Maybe she just wants some lazy dick. I feel like guys do the same thing. And it's purely because at that moment, it's just a release from everything. And once we see it as what it is, I think life becomes better. Another, just, just close this part off. Another interesting fact is, so this will be a topic that I'm explaining in my YouTube channel. I hope you guys follow after this, by the way. Sex 
for women and for, well, mainly for women. This is something I've been researching for women because I find myself asking myself, like, why am I always this horny? Like, does this even make sense? And honestly, guys, sex is so good for you. Like, it's such a good thing for your skin. It's so good for your energy. It's so good for your life. Like, can we stop putting, like, darkness in, into it? I feel like society has allowed it to be such a bad thing. Sex is not a bad thing. Churches don't even talk about it, but we should be talking about it. Sex is, was created by the same person who created you, which is God. So why do we then make it such a like, bad thing and say, oh, but she's a hoe, men are hoes, this, 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 this. Enjoy it as it is. It is what it is. Like, stop making it a factor this body count thing this um this how she dresses like it's got nothing to do with anything it's just life like once you start realizing things for what they like it is like you honestly you just kind of your yeah, whole perspective about life changes so that's just my conclusion thanks q uh daniel i know you raised your hand then i think we can progress the discussion a bit further um, to the issue of consent as well. Uh, but Daniel, I know you raised your hand. What's... Oh yeah, no, so um, just, to, just to jump on the bandwagon with, with, with what's going with the, the body count and all that. I think it, it stems from, I think I was listening to radio this other time, Metro FM, and they were talking about why, why men cheat, right? And they say that men have the capability to have sex 365 days in a year. So their libido is like 365 days in a year. That's it. So basically a guy can sleep with 365 girls in a year. And then they say that with women, uh, it's sort of like during the ovulation period, that's where their libido is actually very high. So meaning that like probably like three days in a month where a woman will want to have sex. And I think most, 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 of us as men, we actually tend to realize this once you get married. Like, I'm married, so I understand the whole concept of 365 and three days. So that, I think that's where the, the whole body count stems from because as men, we know that we have a higher libido and women have a lower libido, so meaning that their numbers are supposed to be less than ours and we're supposed to have more. So I think that's where the whole body count comes in. <laughs> okay. So I just wanted to add that day uh, and uh, I'm done. And Ayanda, let's, let's close off the part, this part of the discussion with you, since you partially just started the conversation. Oh, yeah. So I just want to, you know, talk about body count and how important it used to be for us gents back in varsity. You know, like every weekend, obviously I'm not proud of it, but it's, it's just things we went through as gents involved like it was just you know one of those things every time we we met uh, on the weekends you know um you know just you know pre-drinks you know it, it would be like almost like we are getting to we reporting you know how, how well we've done in the week like who have you smashed this week did you end up smashing that Han? have you smashed who have you smashed who you know like it you know it it, it was almost like almost like a competition back in university to say, ah, but this last semester dog, I was untouchable. You know, it was just that bad. Like I remember uh, in my third year, we, I lived in a commune 
it was so bad that we actually had a scoreboard like on the fridge. It was so bad. I'm not proud of it. Like it was just so wild. So I'm just saying, you know, um, I'm talking about the toxicity of those competitions sometimes, you know, we, you know, I think it's something that you need to, if you ever go through it, get over it when you're still young. And then when, when you're, when you're grown, just don't, don't let that toxic, uh, ego or competition uh take over your relationships or whatever it is mm. yep that's my two cents cool thanks Ayanda. yeah um, before i saw you raised your hand a bit earlier i don't know if you want to speak on the topic before we move to the last aspect of this discussion Beto, are you still there yes yes peter i'm with you i'm with you i for a minute i just wanted to clarify myself uh, what Mobile said, I maybe she didn't understand what I'm saying. Uh, you misunderstood me, my sister. Uh, I never said uh, uh, if women wear bum shorts and everything, I'm against that. No, that's why I gave a theory about the rectangle to say it's not fair. That's what I said. It's not fair, especially for us men to tell you how you dress. But we, because our society is violent, we must be mindful of this theory of rectangle, whether I said it's P, a person, behavior, and environment. So at all times, as a person, you must be mindful of the environment that you find yourself in, of which it must influence your behavior. And it applies to all of us. For instance, when you go to church, as a guy, I know here in the church, I have to take off my cap. So I was saying in that sense, we have to be mindful. I even cited the issue of uh, MTN taxi rank, whereby taxi drivers were against women who are wearing uh, mini skirts, of which it is wrong. But because our society is violent, we have to be always be mindful of the environment that we find ourselves in. But I don't have any problem the way you dress, it's your, it's your right. Thanks, Peter, I wanted to clarify myself there. Okay, thank you, Petwa. Um, I don't know, Q, if you wanna speak on that, but maybe let's also add on the, to progress the discussion further, because I don't wanna dwell too much on this single topic. Um, since we've spoken about sexuality, and we've spoken about freedom of expression, and how you feel, how you wanna dress, your sexual activities, that's your body, you know, and your choice and how you want to use it. Um, there's the discussion about consent as well, and we've discussed this several times before. And the element of consent is very tricky for a lot of people because we don't really talk about how to get consent or how we go about discussing consent. You know, and previously we've discussed the element of alcohol involved and how alcohol can influence the ability for consent to be given for, for even sexual activities to be involved. And that becomes a very tricky discussion where a lot of people have, as we've previously discussed this quite deeply. And as we speak about consent, I want to understand exactly, especially in the context of where people are in environments, whether it's a club, where people are going out, it's a party, where people can be intoxicated, whether you know or not. And that how do we navigate the discussion of consent in those kind of environments? Because 
And I, I state that because that is where a lot of young people are publicly visible. So for example, if you go out to a party, whether it's a bride, it's a club, you're going to meet other young people. And whether your sexual urges or not, you, that's an environment where such stuff may, be, may possibly occur. You're going to meet a partner, there's someone whom you want to take home or you want to dance with. And the issue of consent then comes in, in such an environment. What is our take on consent in that aspect? Um, I don't know who wants to go first on that particular issue. I know Daniel, you raised your hand. I know Q, you raised your hand. I don't know, I don't know if Ayanda, is, is that the same hand from the previous aspect or same topic? Um, okay, let's start with Daniel. Then we'll, we'll go to Q, then Ayanda. So Daniel? Yeah, Mr. Peterman, so I think you, you cannot mention consent and, and not have like a trailer of rape with, with regards to, to the consent. Because if you, if you go to the story of, of ladies and moss, I'd actually like to explain why I'm actually bringing rape into uh, this whole consent issue. Um, I think it's totally different for, for different people. So literally for, for people that don't know each other, and it's handled differently. And for people that know each other, like friends, then we're just going out having uh, fun night drinks involved. And then there's, there's people that are, that are a couple, and just say a couple. So those two, three different scenarios, I think consent will be different because you find a husband raping his wife and you find a friend raping another friend. And you also find people that don't know each other, just met that day, raping each other. And I think consent is, 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 is totally different in the, these three scenarios. I mean, I think for, for, for people that are like a, a couple, I think usually it stems from um, when the, there is no love anymore. Because we, are, we have this notion as men that, Ah, she's never, she's never into having sex anyway. So I'm just gonna have sex with her today. You get what I'm saying? And and the problem is with women, I think it, it's a it's a bit of a of a touch and go type of situation because yes, we perceive her as not always being up for having sex. So I think it's her responsibility to be able to to take charge to say, you know, this time is not the old times where. I'm, I'm just going to lay there and you do whatever you want to do and then we'll be done and then you go your way, I go my way. I think the responsibility is with the woman. And sometimes as men, we need to be able to see and hear and listen to when a woman tries to tell us that this is not the same type of setup where I'm just going to let you do whatever you want to do. To, to, to me, it's not the same. And I think similar with, with, with uh, friends that are going out for drinks. Um, at the end of the day, obviously, we're probably kissing in the club. And all of a sudden, we get to uh, um, a room, probably stay in a commune. I think uh, Ayanda was the one that mentioned that we're staying in a commune, right? We were in the club, we were kissing, and then we get to the commune, probably stay together in the same commune. And then all of a sudden, we have to take it to the bedroom. And then she decides, no, uh, what happened in the club happened in the club. I don't want to go further. And now the guy is, is left with the fact that, but we had just such a good time. So I think uh, it's also the, the woman's responsibility to be able to tell us that, yes, maybe you will have a relationship, but this is where, this is how far I can go. 
And then the other one, whereas they don't know each other, that's just pure depending on, um, I think Mobile mentioned that, I don't know, you, some people have dick appointments and then you, you rock up there and then she's no longer feeling it. And then now you're like, dude, we, you called me over, so what now? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with myself now? <laughs> Okay, so, so as I'm saying, I think we must uh, talk about these topics in, in like uh, in diff three different scenarios that I think I've mentioned so far. So yeah, let's just to put it out there. Uh, thanks, Daniel. I mean, I, I was going to gradually speak about GBV quickly, but as you've already mentioned, consent and rape also as an element. Um, obviously, it opens the doors of the discussion to also include it as well. But let's move to Q. I know you raised your hand um, from the initial question. So I'm assuming you also want to participate and extend what, from what Daniel said as well. Okay, so um, I actually really appreciate what Daniel just said, like it really does make sense. So um, just to give everyone like a backstory, this is something I'm not ashamed about or like, like uncomfortable speaking about. So I, I was going to say, I did mention that I was going to talk about this just, you know, briefly. So last year, I used to work at a club and I was a hostess. And my job was to make sure that guys buy bottles. And obviously what comes with the job, if you know how, I feel like we've all been to the club, so you know how hostesses have to dress. So you have to look sexy, you have to look appealing. And um, so if, if you want to get the full story, you'd have to obviously watch my channel. But basically, I had this rule for myself that, um, and unfortunately as a hostess, sorry, like you have to drink. Like you can't make niggas buy bottles and expect them not to see you drink that champagne. They want to see it going down your throat, okay? So unfortunately, this one night, um, these Sorry, I don't, I'm not xenophobic or anything, but uh, so one night these uh, Nigerians, so this is my table, and um, a guy basically spiked my drink. Um, and I woke up in the middle of District 6 um, with a guy on top of me, and I was like, from like literally waist down, I was naked, and this guy was calling me baby and everything. And it, it was such a hard thing to go through because when you when I went to the police, people were like the police were like, "What were you wearing?" Like, you know, it goes back to the fact that um, in places like clubs, as you said, people like places like clubs, like consent, like where do we honestly? When it comes to like clubs and meeting a person, it all goes down to energy, the energy that we're giving each other. If we're both flirting, if we're having a weird conversation, you know, I know there's loud music, but people just tend to have conversations club. I don't know why. But it's a vibe thing. It's an energy thing. And if you, if we just met and you say to me, um, Q, like, do you want to go back to my place? I'm not saying automatically that's consent, but I feel like we are grown to know um, that if you've been vibing with the person the whole night, it somehow automatically is like, I'm going to his house, I'm drunk, I kind of want to get laid. Like, you know, but then there's girls, you're right. And, and that's the thing that Daniel said, sometimes you have a dick appointment or you meet someone and you might be in the mood 
then and then when you get to the person's place like you're just kind of like not feeling it and it's and unfortunately there are guys who are just like i didn't you you at my place like you're about to do what you actually came here for and it's sad because these guys that just kind of just take they feel like they have the right to take when really like it's not your place so yeah so i was basically just going back now so i was fortunate that i wasn't killed or whatever you know I, i'm i'm actually very grateful that you know it sounds weird now but I, i'm grateful that he did what he needed to do and i managed to get myself out of the situation i'm alive i'm healthy i i have no stds i'm not pregnant and and that was for me when i look at it when i look now like just look at the whole situation it's like you know what it was it's sad because it's it's the 1% of men who think like that like it's because she's drunk and she drank my champagne it's okay you know and it was it's so baffling because the same person was telling people that i was i was his girlfriend and i'm like if i was your girlfriend why are you having sex with me in a a place where buses park like it does not make sense like that doesn't make any sense at all so also daniel mentioned so that is just my my story with in terms of like this whole gbb thing and i honestly feel like when it comes to clubs and when they do open again i hope we we educate ourselves during this time that how women dress going to the club is is look we also the same way you go to the club and dress up and you want to smell good look good that's how we feel we want to put on the makeup we want to put on the weaves we want to dress sexy not necessarily and not completely for the fact that we want attention we do it because we want to feel good unfortunately this was my job i had to dress sexy not that i don't when i go out with my girls you know what i mean so i hope we just like i hope men just educate themselves in terms of like if we're in a club and we're vibing and the energy you're getting the same energy i mean there's all times when well some people are fortunate to get someone who can be like so uh do you want to get late tonight and then you have that conversation it may sound funny earlier but like when you guys are having a conversation but at least that that space is open now like it's not awkward like now we know that we're vibing because i found you attractive and we're going to get late like that's that so that's done so um daniel also mentioned something about being in a relationship not realizing that you actually so i've been through a situation similar situation like it was so awkward because you you did it so long. i mean yes as a man you want to have you can have sex every day of the year right and Yes, sometimes us women allow you to do what you need to do and finish because some women feel like they are scared to lose you if they don't dish out. Right. Then that also now um is part of sexual assault because basically I'm not giving you consent, I'm just letting you, you know, release yourself. So going back to my ex-fiance, I got to a place where I was just like, I work, so I used to manage a strip club and I work 10 hours a day, like 
it's 10 hours every day. And I literally have the afternoons to look after my grandfather and everything else. Um, so I'm not in the mood to have sex all the time. And he didn't realize this, but it's, 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 you can't just feel like because now you're horny and I'm sleeping, you know, you can't just do what you need to do. It's, it's so sad. Like, it's the same thing as, I, I know sometimes people find this as a joke on Twitter and stuff. Like when guys are like, yeah, when she's sleeping, you just kind of like slide it in. It depends on how your relationship is. If you guys are those people, then it's okay. For me at that time, it was not okay. I'm tired. I do not want to have sex. I've been saying this. I don't. And it's not because I'm not trying to give you, I'm not trying to make you starve or put you in drought. It's just mentally, emotionally, physically, I'm exhausted. For you to then take advantage and just try to, because you're horny, guys, use baby oil, go into the fucking shower and wank it out. It's okay. Like, you're not going to die. At the end of the day, you're coming. That's the outcome. You want to come. It's going to happen. Watch porn. It helps. Why are you trying to then literally be so rapey about a situation purely because you feel like, oh my gosh, we've been together for so long. We're married and the sex is... Honestly, there's no need to be rapey in such situations. If you're having sexual problems in your relationship and you feel like you're not have, getting what you want, speak about it. This is a problem when it comes to us as humans, period. And I don't want to say men or women or whatever. Communication is such a failure. It's like an epic fail when it comes to, like, we don't know how to, like, speak about things. If we're dating for three years and we've done all the freakiest things ever, then it's cool. Then how about, let's now, if it's boring, listen, let's buy Kama Sutra book. Let's try all those things. Like, literally, there's so many positions. Let's try it once twice a week let's see how we feel about it like there's things that we can do instead of men trying to be rapey about situations um and then also um just to probably actually i wanted to say something ayanda i'm very shook about your little scoreboard like this is just like a weird thing that i need to say like i'm very actually disturbed about the fact that you had a scoreboard like how dare you like, what did you even say to the girls that were like, what the fuck is this? Do you say, oh, no, these are the months of girls I slept with. But anyway, like, that's a story for another day. Um, just also going back to the fact that alcohol, alcohol should not be the reason for you to assume that is consent. We all drink. We all get drunk. We all, we all know what alcohol does to our hormones. We are all grown as human beings. I do not understand a man who blames his abusive behavior on alcohol. You've been drinking since you were 15. You know what it does to you. Why are you then now taking out your stresses on a woman? Like, it does not make, it like, literally does not make sense to me. Let's, let's stop blaming it on alcohol. Like, as I said, again, in the club, if we're both drunk and the energy is what we're giving each other, and we both kind of, in the universe, we kind of hearing each other, telling each other, like, we can have sex, then cool. But if I'm giving you, if I had to go to my, this is just, guys, let me just give you, like, a little secret. If a girl is giving you a vibe, and then at the end of the night, she says, oh, 
Um, but I just had to go home with my friend because like she's not feeling well and you're seeing her friend twerking on another guy. It's just that somehow you lost it. Like you lost the vibe. She did want to get laid, but then she either met somebody else who probably has a better potential than you. So don't don't get it don't feel a type of way like now you need to be forceful about it, like, yeah, but we've been drinking, you've been drinking my money. Eh. And that's the thing with guys, it becomes a power thing because now you feel like you're entitled because you've done something. Sex is not a uh, a payment. Well, to some people, but sex is not a payment. It's it's literally something we should be enjoying. Don't think it's some sort of reward. I mean, sometimes your honey wants to reward you with sex. It's okay, but it's it's you're not entitled to it at the end of the day. And I feel like just to close this up, guys need to understand something. Um, a girl's body is her body. Don't feel entitled to touch it. To if you want to think about it, just keep those thoughts to yourself. Like it's okay. We like you don't need to show it. I have a question for you, Peter, by the way, because we haven't asked you a question. So, um, how do you then, okay, how do you actually know you have the consent to have sex with someone when you in the club? How do you then read that energy? This is my question to you as the host. I'm very curious to know, how do you read consent from a woman when you are in the club? Yeah, um, here I am being thrown into the conversation. I was hoping I was going to remain as a host uh, in the background. Um, but in regards to your question, I can also have, because obviously time is also a factor, so I don't want to speak too long. Uh, for me, I have a danger and a fear in the idea of assuming. And, and so that's something that I've kind of grown to realize the danger of assumption. And especially when you're in an environment where people are intoxicated or are not in their full capacity to make certain decisions, there's a danger in assuming that someone is understanding of what exactly you want to happen. And I think one of the most important things is to communicate, as you said. Um, and the danger is the fact that even though one can assume, at any point someone says, nah, let's not do this, or someone changes their mind, and I think the key part is changing your mind should be allowed. You know, if, if we, spoke up, we spoke about GBV in our previous discussions several times. And if someone says, look, you're about to put it in, and that person says, look, I've changed my mind, people should be allowed to change their minds. But the point is that we need to communicate at a constant basis. If I gave you consent at the club, consent at the home can change. And that should be fine. People are, should be allowed to change their minds. And that's, that's basically how I believe, you know, consent is a very tricky thing, but it's about communicating. I want to have sex with you. Um, if the person also agrees or is open to the idea, you proceed. But then at any point that person changes your mind or you change your mind, then at that point you must halt. And, that, and that's what I, I have to say about issue of consent. But it's a very tricky one, honestly, truth. I'm not going to lie. Um, Ayanda, I know you raised your hand and you've raised it for a while, so... Uh, I don't know if you want to speak up with your scoreboard that you've had for uh, in your comments. Nah, guys. <laughs> the, 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 of course, as I said, I'm not proud of the scoreboard thing. Uh, I was, you know, varsity what? 20, I was 20, 21 there. You know, happens, I'm over it. Uh, but in uh, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so in terms of consent, guys, uh, in Venek, Kona Ikama, it's a force. It's a force, guys. 
if we share a phone, also, you see, uh, um, you spoke about assumption as well, Peter. So, if you know, because you know, I, I like to go back to my past when, when I was in varsity. There's things that I didn't understand as well, you know. I didn't understand that, you know, because sometimes you, you, you just thought females are playing hard to get. You understand? But now I've come to realize that if a hand says no, it's a no, bro. There's no, ah, let me keep on trying. Also, you know, it's over, bro. Just my dad, Amaji. You know, a hand is grown as well. A honey, if she wants to smash, she will say, yes, let's smash. If she says no once, don't try, you know, finessing or whatever you call it. I bro. That's all I gotta say about it. You know, because I I learned a lot. Like in my younger day, I'd keep on trying, bro. Like you know, jumping from twelve midnight and end up getting smashing at six a.m. You know, like hey, bro, I don't do that anymore, bro. Like if if it's no once, I I just go sleep, bro. It is what it is. So it's very important for for for, for us as well as gents, which you know, don't force bro. If it's not your day, it's not your day. Just keep it moving. Just sleep or whatever. Or as you said, uh, grab your baby oil and, and go, you know, wank or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, that's what's up. Okay. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Um, I think, I don't know if anyone else wants to speak about the issue of consent. Then maybe you can just speak briefly because of time on the issue of social media. Um, does anyone want to speak lastly on the issue of consent or can we move to the last part? Uh, Pakistan, I know you raised your hand. Yo, sorry, there's noise behind me here. So I just wanted to say, uh, I think Betwell spoke about environment, and I think that's very important. When I was in varsity as well, there was like a lot of ladies that would allow me to do certain things. Like literally, I'd go there and just spank them for no reason, and then um, they wouldn't react in a way that would make you feel like this is wrong. And then I went to Cape Town. And then when I was there, I didn't even spank this lady. I literally hugged her. And then I think I caressed her on her neck or something. She jumped and she was like, dude, don't you ever try that again. I was like, whoa. I was taking her back. But then I realized consent might mean different things to different people and also in different environments. Yeah, that's all I just wanted to say. So maybe be aware of your environment and also... Yeah, the vibe. If you're vibing with someone, you can literally do a lot of things. And if they tell you, dude, I don't like this, you stop right there. So, yeah. Uh, thanks, Pekiso. So I think we can at least partially park the discussion about consent. I mean, most of you realize we've talked about it for almost four episodes regarding GBV and consent. But there's always room to discuss it more. But I always leave it to the guests on what they want to speak about it. Um, because obviously time is a factor. So maybe let's move to the last aspect. Um, I was going to include the discussion about classism, which is a very unique discussion that we typically don't have in South Africa. But I think I'll move it into next week, if that's fine with everyone, and speak more about social media and the effects of social media. And I'm assuming all of us use social media. I mean, that's partially part of the ways I've reached all of you. And I got hold of all of you in some way, whether it's WhatsApp, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Even Zoom, in a way, is almost a social media platform. And the last discussion we had, we also discussed briefly about social media and the mental health effects. Um, but in this discussion, I want to speak about social media in the aspect of 
how we use it and also the effects it has on young people and maybe even people younger than us. Um, as we spoke about sexuality and the freedom of how people dress, sexuality in terms of porn and people having sex, there's stuff like OnlyFans or whatever accounts that you see uh, people creating on social media platforms. And the question then becomes, is the environment of social media, if, and, I, and I put in the question in this way, if a young person who's maybe 15 or 16 was to ask you, I want to create a I don't know, Twitter, Facebook account or what, what exactly, what is our take on social media from the lens of the future generation and how we're using it right now? Maybe let me start with Breathwell. Um, and, or let me start with Tabang to be, to so at least I get Tabang to also chip in because obviously I haven't used and speak in the last part as well. But in terms of social media, um, we all use it. We all have different platforms we engage in. Um, there's things such as influencers, um, there's so much stuff that you see on social media. You can see conspiracy theories um, and so forth. What is your take on the overall understanding of social media and how we use it, considering that there's a new generation coming in that's also going to use it as well? Uh, like, how do, we, how do I use it personally or, like, everyone, generation? Like, in other how words, how, how everyone else uses it. Do you think it's a good thing? How do you think our uses of social media is is it good bad yeah. is, is there a balance what is what is your take yeah 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 uh, that's an interesting question uh, there is a balance uh, it depends on what you want to accomplish out of it so like for me personally i use it as a like an information tool like twitter for example i don't really follow many people like i just follow like things like sports uh or everything related to finance investments because that's where i'm working uh, that's related to my field so with Instagram, like it's mainly the same thing. Like for that, I mainly use it to just to see what's happening in the world, man. Like that's why, like I'm not using it the way my friends use it to, like you know. So I'm not really a big social media person as well. But uh, yeah, for me, it's just an information tool, and I also believe that you must follow content that you want to consume mostly. Like maybe it can be your job, it can be what you want to accomplish. Because as much as we have this saying of you are a product of who you associate with. It's also the same thing that applies to social media. Like if you're always following these things where people are canceling each other left, right, and center, you'll always be angry every day. There's someone being canceled. Like there's, there's always that sort of ne negativity associated with it. So it's all dependent on what you use it for, making sure that you get a healthy balance out of it. Because uh, I've also been reading some articles where they say people who spend more time there tend to be less happy because everyone else puts the highlight reel of their lives, like all the happiness, the nice stuff, promotions, and then it makes you think, Ish, what's happening with me? Why am I not getting all these things? Why am I not being this way and stuff? So you must also understand like what people, like the type of content that they put out. It's not actually real life, it's just a uh, 2% of what's actually happening. You don't know what, you don't know the whole story. So you should use it for good reasons. Just be mindful of the other sides as well. Don't be too consumed by it. Okay. So yeah, cool. that's all for me. Um, but you um, saw, <laughs> I this question in the sense of this generation that we live in and the generation that's coming after us. Uh, they call them up 2000s. There's probably, I don't know, 2010s, whatever title the next other generation is going to come into. 
And social media is obviously changing. I mean, I've had a Twitter account since 2009. And the way Twitter is now used these days is completely different. And I always want to understand how exactly is our usage of social media positive. And I'm not speaking in an individual sense, but as society as a whole, in South Africa particularly, is our usage of social media as a whole positive, good, bad? What's your take? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people using it very well, and I've seen a number of people just using it to like bash people. I know there's a, there's a guy we went to uh, varsity with, I think he's from Deval. He's always getting blocked because he's always like, um, I don't know, teasing people, man, about can be their lives, uh, like personal lives or their careers, these famous people. So I think like using it that way, I mean, this person has a lot of followers, so maybe it works for him because he gets um, all these uh, endorsement deals and stuff, but out of making other people's lives miserable. So, well, I'm, I'm not famous anyway on these social media thingies, but I have Instagram, I have Twitter that I hardly check, um, Facebook as well. So for young people, I guess, uh they can use it like a lot of americans where um like literally you could be posting sneakers or whatever and then getting endorsement deals out of that um yeah but i think another thing is families uh, if you don't have a proper family uh mom and dad or an elderly an elderly person who's gonna maybe clap you back into the road to say, yo, bro, you don't use this thing this way. That's why you'll have a lot of people just busy bashing people and saying some of the meanest things out there. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Bagiso. Uh, Q and Ayanda, uh, let's also have you involved in the discussion. And maybe my question can also extend to this. What is your take on the idea of influencers uh, or whether it's whatever platforms you know, people, is, there's this term influencers, <clears throat> influencers and also the term of trends and hashtags. Um, I know Ayanda spoke about something in the previous discussion regarding the cancel culture, whether people tell you, you say something on social media, someone tells you, so for example, if someone, you told someone that you got raped, you will find a random person telling you, no, heal, or if someone broke your heart, go heal, or whatever the term is. But maybe let me start with the next conversation regarding influencers. What is your take on the whole idea of influencers? I mean, you have a YouTube channel. So what exactly is your understanding of social media in that sense? Um, uh, who's going? Oh, sorry. Ladies first, and thank you very much. <laughs> um, okay. First, um, let me address the whole social media thing. Um, to be honest, I feel like, on a, on a personal view, like my brother's 18 and I never wanted him to go on social media because of the things that I see. Um, it's crazy how, you know, I actually posted something on, on, on Facebook yesterday and I was like, what do I have to do to get my numbers up on YouTube? And, and, I, and I specifically said, I don't want to post a 
a nude picture on on like Instagram. I don't like. How do I get people who genuinely want to watch my uh, channel without me being this girl who's wearing too much makeup and showing her ass and 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 that's that's the thing that scares me because now social media has made it okay for black people. Like we must understand that as black people, we have a cultural thing that, like Umzimbabwe, is our body. Like we respect it. We respect our families. We respect our elders. Now, your girlfriend has a picture of herself in lingerie. Like what happened to keeping that shit in the bedroom? Like, do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just like a social media is really just like ruining people's lives. Like if I if I have to be honest. There's so much social bullying. There is so much social pressure on how to be a female, how to be a man, how to act, how to dress, how to date, how to, how your family must be. You know, you get people who post like happy families. We all don't come from a happy family. Our relationships won't always be happy. And this is why I respect people who are very private. And, and that's what I did. Like when I started my YouTube channel, I deleted everything I had and I focused everything on my brand because that's what social media was for. Facebook was the beginning of us being able to, you know, let go of just letting people know about our shit and stuff. And then Instagram just made it like bougier, basically. So if you're not bougie, stay on Facebook. If you're bougie, go on Instagram. And that's exactly how I see it. And then you have Twitter streets where people are so comfortable being assholes. But when you confront them and have this conversation with this person face to face, it's a whole different human being all of a sudden. And that's my thing with social media. Why are we all hiding behind internet when it's so easy to find you on the internet? Like, it doesn't make sense. Going back to just influencer, guys. Okay, firstly, personally, when I started my YouTube channel, I started my channel because I have a, I'm a very opinionated person when it comes to social issues. Hence, I, I was so happy when you invited me to talk, like to come onto your platform and have this conversation because for me, these are things that we talk about in our WhatsApp groups, but then it's awkward when we talk about it on, in the internet, like on, on YouTube or whatever. And I'm finding it, it, it's frustration. It's like very frustrating not to have a lot of followers. I won't lie. But also the followers I have are people who are genuinely interested in hearing about what I have to say about whatever it is. I don't have to be naked about it. I don't have to talk about makeup. I don't have to talk about hair. It's, it's honestly, it's not even a thing. Like I don't want to be, that's the thing. I think the problem with social media right now is we all trying to be the same people, like same person. We're all forgetting that we are individuals. Like God created you, made you who you are, the way you are. If you, as Pak said, a hoe, then you're a hoe type of thing. If you a whatever, then that's what, like that's, you are you, who you are. Why are there now social media makes us or forces us now to be the, Sorry to drop names. Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed, but I will because I actually don't care about how people feel about this. But 
oh, now we're forced to try to be the space Getsis of the world. Now we're trying to be the Kanye Bows of the world. Um, guys are trying to be, who's this guy, this famous, so-called hot-looking guy? I don't even find him attractive, um, whatever his name is. So, and that's what guys are, like, dealing with. And then you get forex guys who have money and post money and cars, and now you push it as a man because now your honey's like, but this guy is having a car and you're sitting on your couch, you an accountant, you're out there doing social media, like, when am I going to get my Louis Vuitton bag? But that's the thing. Our situations are not the same. And social media is making it like, like we literally have to be like, our, our situation is not okay. When really, it is okay. It really is okay to go through what you're going through. It's life. It's who we are. So, Going back to me and starting my YouTube channel, I, I want to I want to be an influencer in terms of being able to influence people to speak out about certain situations. I was judged about talking about my rape publicly. I had people threatening my family. I had people telling me that, you know, they hope my family dies and whatever, all because I, I literally spoke about my rape. And because now you're on social media and you feel like it's okay, it's, it's not okay. And that's what I want to influence. I want to be able to influence people to realize that being authentic and being yourself and saying no to the bullshit is okay. Not having a big bum, not having a flat tummy, not having a six pack, not fucking being a herbal life, whatever, not having a Jeep. It's okay. Like, it's not your time. And maybe your time is past and you didn't see it. It's okay. Like, it's okay. So for me, I personally don't want anyone to ever say to me, Q, as an influencer, would you, honestly, that's not my brand. I respect who I am. And I actually, I'm genuine. I just need to put this out there. I'm actually enjoying the conversation that we're having because then you start realizing how many authentic people there actually is out there in the world who want to discuss real things and want to have real conversation and this is what we should be calling influencers this group this conversation because what we're seeing on social media that's not influencing that's literally drugging humans into becoming things that they are not and that's just my say on the topic thanks q ayanda um you've spoken about social media before but maybe as I asked earlier regarding the influencers, the culture of um, Forex traders, Herbalife. I mean, there's so much on, on social media that brings a question about what's going on. Like, you know, I was on Instagram not long ago and you, when you go to the explore page, I mean, I hate clicking that button because you just see so much stuff that you want to yeah. <laughs> If you can put it. <laughs> and... Yeah almost questions whether I'm living in an actual reality where you live in a country where there's so much unemployment, but social media does not depict what's going on in the real world. So the question is then, extending to whatever you want to speak about social media, is social media detached from our reality in South Africa or one thing? Um, it, it, it obviously is detached. There's no way it's the same as this reality. Because one thing about influencer culture, uh, brands are very irresponsible in terms of how they use influencers because now they use influencers to garner likes, but now they're not being aware 
you know, what, you know, because they influence us for a reason, you know, because they do actually influence people to do certain things. You know, like you get your faith in Ketsi, obviously she gets uh, a certain amount of money for every, you know, picture she posts. Understand? And now people, I've got a little sister, she's, she's, she's what, she's, uh, she's, she's 19, you know? And now she's going to think that, um, I don't know, man, like there's, okay, adding on to also forest traders, you know, it, it's kind of, influencing people to say it's okay not to work hard let me just do this and i'll be rich and let me just let me let me let, let me just you know i don't have to study you know faith in kids is doing her thing and she never studied you know let, let me do that as well you know you get this forest guys brown you download the app forex and then you think you're gonna have a million in in a month that is totally outrageous the, the guys of Forex who are really, really making money are guys who work for big banks, like who've been in the industry for years. And you think you're going to download an app and then make a million within a month? Fuck up out of here. Sorry for the language. But I mean, like, come on, bro. Like, it's just, it's, it's you know, I wish, like, okay, the thing is, it's impossible to control as well. But social media should only be used by mature minds. But there's no way to, um, there's no way to regulate that. It's just a total mess. So that's what I think about influencers and, 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 um, and so forth. It's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a total mess. And then also another thing I wanted to talk about, social media is, guys, it's such a great tool, but it's, it's more dangerous than you will ever think uh, it is. Because now, I was seeing, you know, I, I watch a lot of Netflix, guys, especially on weekends. So I was, I was seeing this documentary on Netflix talking about basically cults, you know, cults, right? So you get these groups, especially on, on YouTube, maybe, uh, or even on Twitter. Uh, so these groups have, have their, their, their followers who log in almost on a daily basis. And they actually might, might go as far as uh, tasking people to do certain things, you know, per day. You know, you know, you, you, you know, people, you just become so, um, so consumed and dedicated to the group that you, you actually lose sight of reality. So, for example, you see this mass, mass killings in, in the USA, which is someone just rolled up in a church or, or school and killed so many individuals. That's an example of, you know, the cults on social media on YouTube. Like these people are, have... Uh, have communities backing that to say, okay, bro, today's the turn, do us proud, let's do this. So I'm, I'm just highlighting that there's actually cults on social media. So if, if you're not mature enough or, or whatever to know what's right or wrong, it's social media, guys. And yeah, basically, uh, I, I think that's how, that's how I feel about it. And yeah. Yeah, man, you just need to tread carefully, honestly, on social media. Yeah. Thanks, Ayanda. Um, I'm glad you actually spoke about that. And I think this brings to the very last thing I want us to discuss because I don't want to take too much time. Um, lastly, in sense of social media, and we've spoken about all this, you know, for example, there's a lot of different types of people on social media, especially in South Africa where there's racism that exists in our society. And the question about freedom of expression comes into play. So if someone is, let's say, homophobic, racist, um, and so forth, 
are we supposed to regulate social media in that sense of where we exclude certain people from participating on social platforms or is it a case of whereby freedom of expression should be allowed you should be freely allowed to express whatever is on your mind even if you're racist come there and tell black people are lazy and they're stupid and they should they don't they don't know how to govern the country and so forth and i mean that's freedom of expression in, in some people's views and that's that's their mind that's what they think or should we regulate people from being able to participate on social platforms in social discussions. I mean, for example, if let's say I was to invite someone here who's a racist and doesn't like black people, should, should that be something that we should consider to be doing or is that like a infringement on freedom of expression? Uh, maybe let me, I know Beth wanted to go last. Um, so let me start with everyone else. I know Q, you raised your hand and then we can just quickly close. So let's quickly discuss that then we can close the discussion. Uh, Q? Um, okay, cool. Um, honestly, freedom of of expression is very tricky because, to be very honest, like you need to really be careful of like. Honestly, we it's freedom of expression, yes, but we can't necessarily make everything okay. I feel like that's something that is is it's 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 an obvious thing. The same thing why people can't say nigger or cat or whatever. Like it's just I feel like if you want to have that freedom of expression in terms of being racist or whatever, do it at home. It's okay. We don't need to hear it. We black, we still suffering from apartheid. We will slap your ass. Don't even try us. So it's just one of those things. Um that's just my answer. As you said, we're doing this quickly. I have a question for all the guys. I think there's like five guys on here. So we spoke about social media. I've, let me say I have two questions for all the guys. And I, I'm really pleased, Peter, could you just make sure that everyone answers this question because like, it's highly important for me to know this. So one, um, we spoke about how social media influences um, stuff. I feel like social media, influ like it also has a very big impact when it comes to relationships. So my question is now, why is it okay for you, for, why do guys think it's okay for them to tell their girlfriends not to post certain pictures, yet the girls you're double tapping on and girls who are DMing you are doing the same thing you don't want your girlfriend to do? That's my first question. And that's a very big impact because you're doing it on social media. That's called cheating on social media, internet cheating, just by the way, on my rules. So that's the question. So why? Is it okay for you to say to your girlfriend, don't post this, 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 but yet you're the same person who's double, tap, double tapping on the same things you don't want your girlfriend to post on social media because that's something that impacts a relationship, social media impacts the relationship on. Secondly, as guys, how do you deal with, um, I know we spoke about uh, like, DBV and everything, but just on social media, how do you deal with sexual DMs? How does that affect you? Do you find it sometimes unnecessary? Do you find it appealing? Is it is it weird for you? And the third question and my last question is for all the guys on here, what do you honestly think about women who I look, it's okay for women to post bikini pictures or whatever. But how do you feel about girls whose content on social media is just showing ads and stuff? I know it's appealing, it's nice, but what is what is your personal view about 
like what 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 is your first thought when you look at those things so those are my three questions to every guy i hope everyone answers before we close and yeah in terms of just everything else i think i have answered so yeah i'm just actually waiting to hear everybody respond Mm, cool. Um, Tavang, you are smiling a lot when she was asking the questions. So I'm just. Including Peter. yourself, Peter. Please, Peter. Please, Peter. Please, Peter. All these questions. Okay, okay, fine. Peter. Let me let me let me start with the conversation. Uh, with the questions she asked. Um, I think your first question was in sense of um. Maybe can, can we do one question at a time? Because I think that's uh that's quite a lot, so we can hear everyone's views. Okay. Um, yeah. I think the first question I believe was regarding if you have a girlfriend and me telling her not to post certain stuff on social media. Um, firstly, I'm single, so I think that's that's for one. But for me personally, social media, uh, I think to me it's about understanding the person she is, first of all. Um, if she's someone who's very expressive, I then go ahead. Um, as long as the idea of you being comfortable with what you're doing is sort of satisfying with you, then I have no problem with it because I have agreed to be with such a person. It's in the case of whereby you have mutually gone into a relationship with someone where you understand how this person particularly is with them, their comfortability with their body. And then due to social media, they now become someone who's very socially expressive, but in character they are not, which then to me leads that the idea is that you're not naturally this person, but it's more of a case of social media influence because you want to fit in or subscribe into what social media recommends or pushes followers for you. So I think it's more about understanding how a person naturally is. If you're someone who's sexually or someone likes showing their body and I've agreed to be in a relationship with you, I think in that sense, I'm fully fine with it because I've agreed to enter such a relationship. But then if you're someone who then, as a result of social media, you want to become the sexually liberated person, or this person who posts a lot of these kind of pictures, then I have a bit of a concern because that's not your own own inherited beliefs or desires. Yeah, but that's the first question. Uh, I think as Tabang says, I don't want to get confused with the questions because there are three of them. So I don't Tabang or Ayanda or Bethel can answer them. I can go next. Uh, I hear what you're saying, Peter. Uh, it is a bit of a tricky one. So like if before you date that person and then you are fully aware of who, what kind of person she is, the post and stuff, and you still go into that relationship, then it's all fine because at least you were aware of the kind of person she is, who she is online and in person is the same thing. So if now she starts getting, okay, maybe now like she's someone who's very uh, reserved and stuff and she starts gaining followers and stuff and then all of a sudden everything comes off. Like now you start being concerned, like, okay, maybe like you are easily influenced by other people, people that you don't even know, strangers are influencing your character. So that's a, that's a bit concerning as well from my side. But if you were fully aware of what the person is, then it's all fine. Like you, you knew what you're getting yourself into, so you should be comfortable and don't expect her to change because of uh, now you, you dating her, you know, it's like you have a bed that's floating outside and now you want to cage it. That's wrong. Like, don't change the person. Just know what uh, what you are getting yourself into and then <laughs> take it from there. And good luck. <laughs> okay. Cool. Let me have a question next because he says his battery is running low and I don't want to 
vanish without at least exiting properly. And you wanted to speak earlier on some of the earlier points he hasn't spoken for us. So Bethel, the floor is yours. I know your battery is about to die, so I don't know how long. Okay, thanks, Peter. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm challenged. Uh, this will be my last point. Uh, uh, and, and thanks also today for your august uh, panel. Um, my closing remarks, uh, having uh, spoken about different subjects, including of social media and everything, uh, some of these points when we spoke about rape, uh, when we spoke about gender-based violence, there are legislations. Those issues are legislated. Uh, even the use of social media, they are regulations that are in place. But one thing that we must be mindful of is that we cannot legislate love. No one can legislate love and force me to love you, Peter. You understand? Uh, that's one thing that us as human beings, we need to take a, a, a step forward and to say there's a need of us to engage. You spoke about racism, someone who doesn't like white people, black people. I can, the government or those who are in power, those who are in authority, they can force me as a white person to like black people. We can't legislate love, you understand? And if we love one another, I won't rape you if I love you. you, you understand? I won't discriminate because of your gender, your, 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 your ethnicity, you understand, if I love you. Because if I love you, I will give you life. As I always used to say, love must be translated to light and life. Yeah. Uh, we are celebrating, in the same note, we are celebrating or commemorating uh, uh, the, the women in, in our country. Tomorrow it will be a women's uh, day, it's women's month. Uh, I want to conclude with that note to say, uh, no one can legislate love. We have to view women as fellow human beings who are capable to do anything that I can do or who can even surpass my capabilities as a man, you understand? And uh, uh, the, the, uh, I will quote the words of Martin Luther King when he said, uh, we must be the blueprint of internal principles of love, beauty, and justice. Thank you very much, Peter.